Please start with me in your copy of God's Word to Ephesians in chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to be in verses 1 through 4 this morning. If you do not have a Bible, there should be a black one in the pew in front of you. And I believe our passage will be on page 919 in those Bibles this morning. And if you don't own a Bible or you don't have a Bible, feel free to take that one as our gift to you this morning. And so the book of Ephesians is written by the Apostle Paul. And he was once a, a persecutor of the church, which means that he attacked Christians. He attacked the church. Uh, he often separated uh, families from each other. And he imprisoned people, all because they followed Christ. And he even approved of the execution of people that followed Christ. And then, all of a sudden, God's grace showed up in a mighty way. He was saved by the sovereign grace of God one day, and he came to know the Lord, and his whole life changed around. And as we have been going through the book of Ephesians, if you've been with us, you may remember that Paul's letter in the first part is talking all about this sovereign grace of God that that brings about our salvation, that, that changes our life, and how that grace really affects every aspect of our life, every sphere of our life. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at this idea of submitting to Christ and submitting to one another. And he's offered several different examples of what that looks like, what it looks like to submit to Christ, and what it looks like to submit to one another. And as we've looked past couple of weeks, we've looked at the, the role of the, of, the, of the wife in the home, the husband in the home, and now we're going to be looking this week at the, at the role of children and parents in the home, all looking at what it means to live a, a spirit-filled life in your home and in your house. And so as we've looked at this book and as we've gone through this letter, we've recently talked about how the gospel shapes all of our relationships, our relationships with the world, our relationships with one another, our relationships with our spouses, and how how God's word really does speak into every aspect of our life, every sphere of our life, and how it affects the way we approach life. Because The Bible is sufficient for all of those things. It speaks into every one of those situations. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at Ephesians in chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Let's read that together. The Word of God says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Once again, our key verse this morning, verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word and the reading of your word. We know that it is through your word that we receive faith, because faith comes by hearing and hearing through the words of Christ. And we know all of the Bible is about your son. And it's all about Christ. And so, Father, we pray that you, by your spirit, would just strengthen our faith this morning. And as we look at your word, we would see what you require of us as, as parents, as grandparents, and really as anyone that has any sort of authority over another person or has influence over a child. Father, that you would speak to us in this area of life, that you would shape our thinking and our lives to be more conformed with Christ and the image of Christ, uh, that you would renew the way we think, that we'd be transformed by the renewal of our minds, that we would view our lives and our world 
through the lens of your word. Father, we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. As Christians, we are, we are given a, a noble task. Especially as Christians, if you have children or grandchildren or you have any influence over a child in your life at all, you have been given a, a noble task. And, and specifically, parents have been given a noble task. And that, and that task is to raise children. I mean, think about it with me for a second. When you have a child, you are not only responsible for feeding the child and making sure it's cared for, but you're also responsible for helping to shape that child's worldview, its beliefs, the way it thinks, and the way the child acts. God, in his grace, has given you a soul that you are to care for and that you are to steward. Whether you're a parent or you're a grandparent, God has given you this this noble task of raising children in the Lord. And so often as as uh, parents, you may be you may be tempted to to raise your kids the way you were raised. A lot of times that's what tends to happen. You're you're raised how how you were raised. Your your raising really affects the way that you want to raise your child, either positively or negatively. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like we often learn from our parents how we are to raise children. And we learn from seeing other children and how parents relate to their children, how to raise children. And maybe you had a, a really good childhood and you want to try to emulate that as much as possible with your children. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But maybe you had a not so great childhood. Maybe there was abuse. There was manipulation. Maybe there was harm. And you want to do the exact opposite of that. That's fine too. But as Christians, we must be concerned about making sure that we're not just looking to our experience in life to shape how we live. As Christians, we're called to look to the Word of God. And so as Christians and as a Christian parent, our responsibility and your responsibility is to look to God's Word and what it means and what it says about raising children. And that's the amazing thing about God's Word, is that God's Word really is sufficient for all of life. That's why uh, we, we as a church, we really value the Word of God, because we believe that the Word of God is that, the Word of God, that it is without error, it is without falsehood, that it is totally inspired by God, that God is the one who had His Word written down for us, that we might know Him and know what to believe about Him and what He requires of us through faith. And so we are really big on the word of God. And so we believe that the Bible really does speak into every sphere of life, including parenting. And so as Christians, we must rely on God's word and thankful that the Bible does speak into this area of life. The idea of parenting and raising a child. So whether you're, you're a mom, a dad, a, a granddad, an uncle, a niece, a nephew, or an a aunt, this is going to help you understand and know even more, maybe confirm your understanding of what God expects of you as a, as a caregiver and even as a, as a child. And so the gospel, it really does inform parenting. You see, the gospel teaches us that every one of us are sinners. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's a key thing to understand if you're going to raise a child, because what that tells us is that you're a sinner and your kid's a sinner. 
It's going to be, that's, that's how our hearts are. We are by nature rebellious against God. And no amount of, of your trying is going to change the heart of your child. Only God can do that. Only God can change our hearts. And so the only one who can change our wicked hearts is Christ. Only God can change the hearts of your children and your own hearts. And here's the good news. Jesus paid for our sin and our rebellion on the cross. He paid for that sin, that rebelliousness on the cross. He rose again to pay for our sins and give us eternal life for all those who trust him and follow him. So we have only one hope in this life and in the next, and that hope is God. That hope is that we belong to Christ by faith. And so the ultimate goal of you as a parent and as a Christian parent is that you help your children come to know and follow Christ. Help your grandchildren come to know and follow Christ. Help your nieces and your nephews to come to know and follow Christ. Your aim as a Christian parent, as a Christian caregiver, is to help children come to a point in their life where they glorify God, they enjoy Him forever, and they help others do the exact same thing. That they grow in their love for God, their knowledge of God, their love for other people, and their desire to see other people come to know Christ. That is our aim. And that is what Paul tells us here in this passage. You see, Paul wrote to Christians in Ephesus, and he explained to them, how submission to Christ looks in various situations. And in our text this morning, we see that a child's submission to Christ is revealed in how they obey their parents. And so like one of the ways that a child honors Christ and glorifies God in their life is by submitting and obeying their parents. That honors God. So if you're a kid here today and you are under your parents' roof, and they're asking you to do something that is not dishonoring to God. Guess what? The way you honor your parent, obey them. Submit to them in the Lord. Because as you do that, you're revealing your own submission to, to Christ. But he also tells us the other side of that too is that parents also have to submit. They're called to submit to Christ. And so as a parent raises their child the way God intended what they are doing is revealing their submission to Christ also. And so a child reveals their submission to Christ in obeying their parents. And likewise, parents, they're instructed to submit to Christ, and that's revealed in how they raise their children in the Lord. And so in this passage, what God tells us is that he calls on Christian parents. He commands Christian parents to raise their children in the Lord. It's not an option for Christians. It's what we are called to do. And if we don't raise our children, trust me, the world's already doing it. The world's already discipling your children. If you are not raising your kids, the government will, will, will happily do it for you. The world will happily do it for you. As Christian parents, we are called to raise our children in the Lord. And if God commands us to raise children in the Lord, if he commands us to to care for children and bring them up in the way of the Lord, it is good for us to know what that looks like. If we're called to do something, we need to understand what it means to do just that. And thankfully, God's word is sufficient for that too. Because in this passage, God's word actually reveals to us what that looks like. More specifically, it gives us these four guiding principles that help us to understand what it means to raise children in the Lord. And whether you're a parent or not, I trust that this is going to be applicable to you because all of you 
have some sort of children in your life or you are a child. And so this passage is going to help us understand what it looks like to to raise up the next generation of Christ followers. So let's go ahead and look together. Chapter 6 in the book of Ephesians. And the first guiding principle we see of raising your children in the Lord is simply that raising your children in the Lord requires gentleness. It requires gentleness. Now understand, gentleness does not mean the lack of discipline. That is not what that means. Gentleness is, is, a, is the approach that you take in discipline. It's the attitude that you have in it. We're not called to, to break the spirit of our children. We're called to raise them and nurture them in the spirit and admonition of the, of the Lord. And so raising children in the Lord requires gentleness. Notice there in, in verse 4, that first part. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not provoke your children to anger. That word provoke and that word anger, they're the exact same word. Provoke and anger in that passage, the exact same word. And the idea there is that you are not to cause your children to become hateful of you, to become embittered toward you, to become angry toward you. Now, what I mean by that, because obviously, I mean, if you ground your kid or you spank your kid, they're probably going to be a little upset, right? But the idea there is gentleness, the opposite of harshness. And so as Christians, we're called to live lives of self-control. It's a, it's a spirit. It's a fruit of the spirit of God. One of the fruits that the spirit of God gives us when he saves us is a growth in self-control. And if you're going to raise a child, you'd need patience. You're going to need that self-control. You're going to need that gentleness. And as you raise a child, you're called not to make them embittered toward you, not to cause them to become angry toward you just because of your harshness. As Christ was patient with us, we are called in the same way to be patient with children, not provoking them to anger, not just coming down on them angrily, but rather with gentleness, correct them. In gentleness, discipline them, whatever that looks like. And so raising your children in the Lord does require gentleness. That's one of the guiding principles there. But it also requires training them. Raising children in the Lord requires training them. Uh, you might even say instructing them. Notice with me also there in verse 4, right after it says, Do not provoke your children to anger, but, so in contrast to just angering your children and provoking them to anger, it says, Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. If you're going to raise a child, you need to be able to train the child. To instruct the child. And the question is, where does this instruction come from? Where does this training come from? What are you basing your training in? And so he says there, bring them up, train them, discipline them, instruct them in the Lord. That the idea of discipline there, that word just simply means training or learning or instruction. And so if you're going to raise your children, you've got to be able to instruct them. Instruct them in the ways of the Lord. Instruct them. What it means, teach them, train them how to live in a way that honors God and that loves their neighbor. And when they miss the mark, that word for discipline also is this idea of chastening or discipline. And so having consequences because guess what? Sin has what? Consequences. And we have to train our children to understand that sin has a consequence. 
And so we must train, instruct, and discipline our children. Uh, the same word that, that Paul uses here in Ephesians, he uses in 2 Timothy 3.16, where he says that the word of God is useful for training in righteousness. And so when Paul says here in, in our passage to bring your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, he's really saying to train them in righteousness, to train them in following God and what it means to glorify God. I mean, how many of us want kids that run around crazy and act terrible? Right. I don't see any hands. Right. We want our kids to be good citizens. We, and more than that, we want our kids to be God honoring good people. Well, how does that happen? through training them according to the word of God. Because when we raise them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, what we are doing is we are training them in righteousness. So that's what the word discipline means. But that word instruction is really a warning. It's an admonition. You're warning them of, hey, if you don't do it this way, this is what could happen with you. And when you look through the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is chock full of, of advice from like a father to his son. And in that, he is constantly saying, this is the right way. This is the dangerous way. If you go down the right way, this is what's going to happen. If you go down the dangerous way, this is what's going to happen. And the book of Proverbs is just chock full of those situations of this warning them. I, I remember one time uh, we, were, we were at my house. And I hadn't quite baby-proofed my house yet. And um, I'm, I'm supposed to be watching uh, Evelyn. And I'm, uh, I'm sitting there, and I turn my head this way. And the next thing I know, Evelyn's trying to stick her finger in a light socket. And I turn my head away for one second. One second. I was like, hey, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Why was I like that? Because I understood that if she stuck her finger in that light socket, it's quite likely she could have got herself hurt. And so we were like, hey, don't do that. Can't put your finger in there because this might happen. Now, did she understand exactly what I was saying? No, but she understood I didn't want her to do that, right? And so over the course of time, though, as children get older and they can understand what you say, they, you can give them that warning of, hey, don't touch the stove. It's hot. Don't play with fire. You might burn the house down. It's that warning, that admonition that we give them of the consequences of not heeding our instruction. And Paul actually demonstrates this concept there in verse 1 of chapter 6, this concept of training or instructing children. There in verse 1, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Right there, he's just giving instruction. Obey your parents in the Lord. The word obey there just simply means to submit to your parents and the, way, the things that your parents ask of you. And so raising your children in the Lord, it requires training. It requires instructing them. Do you instruct your children? Do you make it a point to train your children to help them to know what honors God and what dishonors God? Whether it's your grandchildren, your children, your nieces, your nephews, do you make it a point for them to know after time with you that there is a God that loves them and you reveal that by the way you treat them and the way you love them? Do you train them and instruct them in the ways of the Lord because that is what it requires to raise children in the Lord. It requires gentleness. It requires instruction. But not just instruction. We can't just have instruction for instruction's sake because not all training, not all instruction has the same value. 
as Christians, we're not supposed to, and we're not called to look to the world to figure out how we train and raise our children. We're called to look where? God's word. And so raising your children in the Lord requires connecting your instruction to the word of God. Connecting what you say and what you require and what you expect to God's word. After all, the word of God is sufficient for everything. And it's sufficient for parenting and for your children. And that's exactly what Paul does there in in verse 2. He connects his instructions in verse 1 to scripture there in verse 2. And so in verse 2, he says, honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment. And what he's doing there, he's given the instruction, obey your parents in the Lord. And now he's connecting that instruction with Scripture from Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. He cites one of the Ten Commandments and he says, honor your father and your mother. Respect your father and your mother. Obey them. Submit to your father and your mother. He connected what he was expecting of children to the very word of God. And we're called to do the same thing. If we are going to raise our children in the Lord, we need to make sure that our instructions are connected to the word of God, that they are found in the word of God, that the principles there are found in the word of God. Are we doing that? Are we taking time to think through my expectations and and what I require? Are we taking time to think through why you have the rules that you have? Are they connected to God's word? Chances are you can connect them to God's word. I mean, even even in my classroom, like they're not like my kids, but my expectations for children in my classroom, I derive from principles in God's word, such as being respectful. Well, where does being respectful come from God's word? Well, in Genesis 2, we're told that we are created in the image of God. That we were created male and female in the image of God. And because we are people created in the image of God, it doesn't matter who we are, what our background is, or what we, are do- what we have done. We all deserve that dignity and respect because we are image bearers of God. And so one of the things I require in my classroom is that we are respectful to one another. That we are respectful to one another. And so that's just an example of what that might look like of connecting your instruction and what you expect of your children to God's word. But we need to also understand this. Raising your children in the Lord, it requires that gentleness. It requires training, instructing them, and it requires connecting everything to God's word because we want them to know God's word because that's how they know God. But it also requires... Pointing them, pointing your children to the promises of God. Reminding your children of the promises of God. And you too reminding yourself of the promises of God. You see, we shouldn't want our children to be uninformed of the promises of God because the promises of God are a motivator in our continued faith and our continued obedience. If we didn't trust that God was for us, we wouldn't serve God. If we didn't believe that he would never leave us or forsake us, we would not serve God. If we didn't believe that we would have eternal life with him and that our sins are forgiven and that he's rose from the dead and that we will raise one day too, then we wouldn't serve him because we didn't trust his promises. But we trust that those promises are true, 
that he is with us, that he will never leave us, that he has forgiven us, that we are in his family and those whom he has called, he, he, he holds in his hand and he will not let any of them go. We believe those promises and we are called to point our children and our children's children and, and those that we have care over to those promises too. He emphasizes this in the, in the last part of verse 2. Notice it says, honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Verse three, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Paul is emphasizing the promises of God in his instruction to, his, to the children there. Obey your parents, which comes from God's word of saying, honor your father and the mother, and then connects it to the promise that God gives that you may live long in the land and that it may go well with you. You, kids, your parents want what's best for you. They love you. They care for you. They want what's best for you, especially if they're Christian parents. If they're Christian parents, they really want what's best for you. So when you honor them and when you submit to them, that brings God honor and that that brings God glory. And you have this promise here that you may live long in the land and that it may go well with you. That doesn't mean that you won't die young. That doesn't mean that you won't ever get sick. What that means is by you submitting to Christ and submitting to your parents, you're revealing the fact that you have submitted to Christ and that you honor Christ and you trust Christ. And you will have eternal life with him because you trust Christ. And you reveal that trust by obeying your parents. And likewise, parents... You reveal your love for your children by raising them in the honor and admonition of the Lord. You reveal your trust for Christ by raising your children in the Lord. And so we have that, this requirement of connecting them to the promises of God. Showing them, reminding them that there is a God that loves them has died for them, has cared for them. Because if we raise our children to be great people, but they never hear of Christ, then we have failed. We can have great moral people that don't know Jesus and we've failed. And so Paul in this passage has warned, admonished, encouraged parents to raise their children in the Lord by exercising gentleness training, instructing children, connecting that training with God's word and always looking to the promises of God that God can change your heart, that he's there with us every step of the way. And there are many, many kids that run around without, without parents. And if the parents are there, they kind of hand off their responsibility as parents to the other people, whether it's to the schools or to TikTok or anything else. They hand off the responsibility, responsibility of parenting to other people. And maybe aren't involved in raising their children. But as Christians, may that never be said of us. May God encourage us to take on the responsibility of parenting and raising our children in the Lord. And if you are not a parent yet, know this, that when you are helping somebody follow Christ, that you are their spiritual parent. That... There are many people who do not have kids or may not be able to have kids, and that doesn't mean they are any lesser in the kingdom of God. Understand this, when you 
are living out Titus 2, which says to invest in the younger generation with the word of God. When you're doing that, you are acting as a spiritual parent to that person, to those boys and to those girls. You are helping to raise them in the fear and the instruction of the Lord. And that is a noble task that God has given us as Christians to care for the souls of another human, to care for the souls of children. And you're, by, you're tasked by God to raise them. And we have this rule, this standard in Scripture. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. Parents, you've been called by God to raise your children in the Lord. And guess what? You can do this. You can do this because God, by his spirit, will strengthen you. He will guide you by his word as he works in the heart of your life and in the life of your children. He will help you to raise your children in the Lord. And we as a church, we want to come alongside you and help you with that. We don't ever want to take away your role of discipling your children. We want to come alongside you and help you as you disciple your kids in the Lord. So this is just a couple of challenges I have for us. One, pray for the kids. Pray that they would come to know the Lord and trust the Lord. Pray for the parents that they would continue faithfully to raise their children in the Lord and not be weighed down by the burdens of living in a broken world. And three, pray for us as a church that we would care for our families and our parents and our kids and help all of us come to know and follow Christ even more. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time together that we can trust you, that we can look at your word, and we thank you for the promises that you give us, uh, that you will never leave us, that you will never forsake us. And Father, that we can look to your word for every situation of our life, that it is sufficient for everything in our life, uh, including parenting. And so, Father, help us to always trust your promises. Um, Help us as children, whether we are young and in the house or whether we are older and outside of the house, to always be respectful of our parents as our parents and to honor them and help us um, as parents to, to respect our children enough to raise them in you, to help them come to know you and to love you. And Father, we pray that if there's any that do not know you, that they, as we've talked about the great care that you put into making sure parents know how to raise their children, that you too are even more caring of us, that you have sent your son as a good and loving father to redeem us. And so, Father, we thank you that you're a good father who has adopted us into your family. And if there's anyone here that is not in your family yet, who hasn't trusted in your son for the forgiveness of sins, Father, that you would just move in their hearts today, that today would be the day of their salvation, that they would trust in you also. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.